0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Now, if you haven't checked this app out, it's really cool. First and foremost, you will know that this is a social media platform similar to Facebook or Instagram, but dedicated directly to the outdoorsman. So if you love to hunt, fish, hike, camp, or just plain be outside, this is the social platform for you. Now, what's cool about... Go Wild is they recently added a couple new features. The first cool thing that Go Wild has recently added to their app is the Near Me functionality, which allows you To Connect with other people in your area if you're looking for a hunting buddy if you're looking for someone to go fishing with or just to maybe start up a conservation effort like picking up trash on your local public land. This is an excellent opportunity to meet like-minded individuals in your area. The second cool thing is the gearbox and what the gearbox is is basically it allows you to tag products that you use and at the same time be able to flip through all these different hunting products uh, gear equipment and whatnot and uh, basically it's a shopping function from there you can go purchase these uh, products so if you want to find out more information about this really popular social application similar to facebook or instagram go to any play store and you can just type in go wild it will pop up Download it to your phone and just start browsing through it. It's really fun, really exciting, and there's a lot of cool content out of that camp as well. So go wild, awesome app, check them out.
1: my friends to another episode of the podcast. Yeah, we're back. And I've got a great podcast episode for you guys today. Um, I've got Dan Spangler on from Berkeley Bates. And if you don't remember, um, almost about a year ago, episode number 31, I highly suggest you kind of go back in the timeline here, listen to that episode. I had Dan on almost a year ago. And um, Dan is a lead designer for uh, Berkeley baits. So, all those great um, baits that you see coming out with Berkeley, mostly um, the hard baits, you know, Dan's got uh, a big thing to do with that or a lot of involvement to do with those great baits. And um, Dan joins the podcast today to talk about the brand new hit sticks that came on the market um, probably about a month ago now. And he talks all about how the design process unfolded and just what, you know, it took to get the exact kind of swimming cadence and the motion that they wanted in the water to make this bait, um, you know, react and perform the way that they wanted to. There's some big walleye name guys in there that, you know, help design this bait that you might've heard of. Keith Gavias, Gary Parsons, you know, all of their, all of their designs and all of their input into making, you know, the flicker family so successful have also gone into this one as well, the hit stick. So. I really want you guys to listen to how Dan breaks down um, the design of the bait because it's going to help you um, fish this bait that much more effective. And Dan does a great job of telling us how to fish the different sizes and the bait and what you can expect uh, of how the bait is going to perform for you. We also break down um, a little hot tip from Dan about fishing spy baits and how those can be successful for you for putting some more walleye in your boat this year. So here's Dan. 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 What's going on, Dan the Man? What's up, brother? Oh,
2: no, not much. Hanging out my garage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is where we do podcasts, in in the garage.
2: Is that where you're at?
1: No, I wish. I'm building. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually in the cur- in the process of moving to our our new house, kind of, and it's. I, I think my my setup's going to be out in the pole barn. Okay. So I'm looking forward to. Uh, to getting it set up up there and making sure you know all the the audio will work out there and all that kind of stuff but that's where i plan to do it yeah um so dan welcome back to the podcast first off this is your right. second time back almost a year to the day i think august 19th was 2019 was the last time we talked
2: right yep
1: and the world looks a little bit different nowadays than it did back then yes it does <laughs> and uh you know, so, you know, you don't have to tell everybody like your whole backstory, but just give them kind of a brief, if no one listened to the, the last episode that you were on um, okay. a year ago, just briefly tell them what it is you do and where you work.
2: Okay. Well, I'm a senior project manager uh, for bait development at Berkeley or Pure Fishing, as everybody uh, knows it. Um, <clears throat> and uh, essentially, I work on developing uh, hard baits and terminal tackle whether it's jigs or hooks for, for the company. And I've been doing it for 10 years. It'll be 10 years in, in September now. Wow, so, crazy.
1: <laughs> and, uh, so anybody who hasn't listened to the episode that Dan was on earlier, I highly suggest you go back and do so. Um, uh, because Dan has a unique story of how he got into everything and building baits and how he landed his job and everything like that. And uh you know I got a lot of great likes and compliments on that episode so if you haven't listened to that I encourage you to go back but now since we're here a year later um you know can you uh well I guess first off I I just did a po- podcast episode on this um the one before this I talked a little bit about how i cast 2020 was this year and obviously due to nope. due to covid and everything like that um that we weren't allowed to attend this year, but they did it all online. And what I just kind of did was give everyone a brief, uh, you know, overview of some new products that kind of caught my eye, some of the winners of the categories and things like that. But as a company or from a, an employee standpoint, who's, you know, that's a big event for you guys. How was that for you yep. this year? And how was it different?
2: Well, uh, first of all, it was kind of uh, virtual or digital. So that was the big change. You know, I'm used to going to the show, and uh you know it's a really neat neat experience because you get to you know meet up with your old friends you know There's a lot of friends that are that are in the competitor world as well um it's really a small community you know the fishing tackle industry uh so you see a lot of change and but you you know your friends are all over and so that was kind of you know different um and then you get to you norm you normally see the pros and get to hang out with them and catch up and then also have meetings and talk about lure ideas, but we didn't get to do that this year. Um, but we did, we did, there was a digital or virtual ICAST this year and then people submitted various products and, you know, we submitted some products. Uh, we submitted the hit stick for best freshwater lure. We didn't win, but, um, we, you know, we got a lot of hype and, you know, the bait is a little bit different. You know, it's, uh, you know, and we can get into that, but, you know, it's a, it's a shallow stick bait. And, uh, when you look at stuff like that, when, when we focus on things, it's a lot about the technology and, and enhancing actions of baits to make a more productive fish catching bait. Um, and you know, a lot of people, it's hard to see that, you know, right. it's kind of hard to look under the, into the shell of the bait and understand all, all the features and things. But, um, we did. Win quite a few categories we did good in the fly rod and reel uh stuff we i think we won we won the best rod and reel combo kids combo uh shield was our new uh fishing line that we we just recently launched so yeah i actually uh,
1: i was just i talked about that in the last episode that was one one of the things that caught my eye for for sure then you guys you know i've I've heard a lot of hype around that I, i got a couple questions about that for you too but continue
2: yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to answer the line stuff because, you know, I'm just focusing on okay. you know, the base and the terminal tackle side. Okay. But, uh, you know, and it's pretty new to me, too. I mean, that I know a whole team worked really hard to get that done on a very short time frame. And uh, but I mean, I, as, as far as that goes, I, I'd have to let defer to those experts on that one.
1: Okay. But I mean, basically, it's, you know, it's kind of like your guys' Super Bowl every year to kind of come and show what you guys have yeah. been working on, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting time, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we all know why I got canceled, but um, it was different this year. But you know what I talked about was it was great to still see, just like any company out there or any business or any kind of um, convention, we're all trying to come up with unique ideas of. How to keep things going and you know push through this uh you know pandemic that we're in and it was cool to see ICAST and all the companies and everybody still come together show up you know give it the, their best effort and and to make sure that you know hey the fishing industry is is moving forward we're you know it's not slowing us down or stopping us,
2: yep, yep, and I just did so in an effective safe manner um you know um you know one of the, one of the things about iCast is again you get to you get you get to go to the show and see all the the new products and i think overall you could go online and you could really see the product landscape pretty well this year still mm-hmm. um and and i think just looking at how we launched stuff on uh the Berkeley Fishing social media pages i, I think that we did a good job um kind of keeping it interesting every day there is different days of iCast we launched different products are kind of introduced them on different days. So I think it kept people interested and there, there seemed to be a lot of interaction on social media, which was, which was good to see. So,
1: yep. Okay. So let's talk about the hit stick because I've seen it. Speaking of social media, I've seen it nonstop all over social media, not just from Berkeley, but from your feed, from the pros feeds, from everyday anglers feeds and all that kind of stuff, because people are now getting their hands on it. Um, you know, and they're being stocked in stores. I see anglers, you know, grabbing a few, taking photos of them, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about what the hit stick is.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, essentially it's a, it's a shallow stick bait. It's, it's plastic. We've, we made them out of polycarbonate. Um, and with the exception of the little number five, that was ABS. We did that to get the right weighting. Um, but, uh, this, these thick baits are something that i've worked on since the day i came into berkeley uh the berkeley research facility um so we developed them with gary parsons and keith kavais you know top, two top walleye pros some of the greatest of all time um people that i'm happy to call friends as well and uh w- we just worked on them on and off through the 10 years that that I've been here, um, in the team, Kelly and I, uh, Kelly would be our, our CAD designer does the computer work and, and we sit down and we work on the bait, make sure we get the design right. And, uh, then I'll, I'll work on all the prototyping and the actions and revisions with, with her. And we just keep going back and forth with, uh, the pros until we get the bait just right. Um, so this bait was interesting, the series of baits actually, because, we could never figure out how to break the balsa code and that's what i say you know that's that's essentially what we did we broke the balsa code in a plastic bait um to this point no one's ever done it i've researched hundreds of different plastic baits um people may have said that they have a plastic bait that has balls like action but uh you know i i I just don't see it uh we we put in a lot of time and research and painstaking hours and days and, and, and years to to, to b- break this balsa code and get it in a bait. And it's more than just making a shape and, you know, the, getting the bill angle and the pull point right. This literally stems from coming up with our low center of gravity external disc weight system and a few other things in combination. So, you know, these things have a very thin shell body. Um, then they have the, uh, the disc weight system or flash discs are are what we are calling them. And once we, and we started in the number nine size. Um, but once we, once we started working through that, it took me 24 different prototypes and I'm talking, uh, body shape, design changes, um, bill shape and angle and dimensional changes on that, um, pull point position changes and changes the internal weighting numerous things to get to basically get the action i wanted prior to working on that bait though once we kind of figured out this disc weight thing and getting the actions right where we wanted them to, to be um we had we had done hundreds of prototypes um hundreds and and they just they just didn't do it i could i could change everything from the the bills Bill angles, pull points, you name it, and we could just never get the action. It wasn't even close. So, um, you know, what we ended up doing was accentuating things in the bait too. Um, some of the key things about, you know, when we're talking about ball action is not just like one action. I always say it's, it's it's a combination of a bunch of different things working together. It's not one action or two. It's many different actions working together to give you this certain action. We can analyze that with our with our understanding of baits, we've been researching bait motion for 20 plus years. So we have some of the greatest understanding of hard bait motion and research in the industry. So we use that. We have a very deep library um, that we've developed. And I've been uh, part of that research since the beginning of when I started working there. And uh, so we know a lot of little things that can make baits do certain things. And this was kind of that happy medium where it all came together after years of research. Um, and again, we, we, we developed it first in the number nine and then we didn't just scale to all the other sizes. Um, we actually, I had to basically start from scratch at every size and build the action into every size. So every size took another X number of prototypes to get right in and shape changes. And, and, you know, just because, one thing worked. I couldn't just scale it. It just didn't seem to work. So I had to, we had to tweak it, you know, constantly to get it right across sizes. But we ended up doing uh, seven different sizes. There's a three and a half, a five, a seven, a nine, 11, a 13, and a 15. Wow! Um, so, yeah, it's a, it was a big project, and it took a lot of years to get them all dialed in and uh, then to do the colors. You know, I think we spent a long time getting the cosmetics right, make them look good, And I think you can see that the the way people have been reacting to some of the the posts and some of the sneak peeks that we did on colors, people seem to really think they're they're nice-looking baits. Um, The other key is they cast further than the balsa equivalent um, by quite a a decent percentage, and they're also more durable. We did a lot of tests in our lab to make sure that these things were true. Um, The other cool thing about the low center-of-gravity disc weights that we have on the bottom or the flash disc is it, it really provides a ballast or for stability. So these things, they track at the highest speed. You can burn them, and they just go perfectly straight. I haven't even needed to tune them, and I can put hooks on, and I can just take them out. They're not even tank-tuned at the factory. I just get blanks, put the hooks on, and they track perfect right away. So, you know, all these things help make kind of – it's almost like a super bait, really. You know, it's got the action, the high catch rate, it tracks good. Um, it's got the the cosmetics. It's got a lot of things going for it. So I'm pretty proud of it. I know our team's very proud of it. And we put, you know, again, a ton of effort into it. So it's it's probably one of the more rewarding things I've ever worked on, I would say, since I've Started working up pier fishing, definitely. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm looking at the the bait online. Your guys is uh, on your home screen, and when you analyze this thing, and like you said, when you flip it over, and you're seeing those flash discs. I mean, that alone is that what you're talking about to get it to ride true and and, and to yeah. and to pull the way you want to is spacing those things out exactly where they need to be, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and I tried multiple versions of those things, um, so you see kind of how they're locked in the bait yeah. on the current bait. Um, so it took a lot of fine tuning just to get the right positions of those. And also I had a lot of different positions of them in addition to what you see there. I mean, I, once we had the body shape, right, I moved those all around, um, and, and we tried different things and a lot of things didn't work. Um, but you know, kind of once we got in that balsa wheelhouse, it was just fine tuning and then I just fine tuned it. But one thing I did learn a long time ago and it was reading an old, I don't know if it was an old in Fisherman Magazine or what, but they used to take the old balsaminos and they used to bend the pole point down. And uh, I took that into consideration with, with this design. We we kind of added that feature. So that's just one little tiny feature that we added to make these baits have a very significant side roll or side flash. By moving the pole point down, we created a bait that had tremendous side flash. Uh it's the biggest I've ever seen in a stick bait ever. Um so that's part of the magic of the bait, but that's just one little tiny percentage of it. It's a lot more than that, but that's just one little tiny tidbit I I like to mention because it's kind of a neat story because I read that I think when I was 12 and I and I'm pretty sure it was like an in in fisherman or something like that. So, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally it's been your, you know, this has been kind of in a hidden way part of your life or like you said something that's been more than almost more than 10 years in the making it's it's you're going back in time and learning from older style baits and what you've learned and applying that you know to perfect it the way that you want it's kind of it's kind of unique
2: yeah when i when i made my own wooden lures i always had these pull points kind of in this position to accentuate the side roll of the bait and everything so you know just little things you learn here and there um, and the more baits you make, the better you are at making and coming up with ideas of baits, uh, design develop baits. It, it, it just all seems to work hand-in-hand.
1: Hand. And, you know, I mean this in a good way, but why so many sizes?
2: Uh, to cover the spectrum. So what we tried to do is go all in with a big family of baits that goes across the world, basically. Okay. Um, think about this. Minnow-style minnow profiles, they exist uh, as a prey species throughout the world, you know, sure. uh, if you think of, if you think of the science and biology, there's every, every place there's fish, there's, there's little minnows. And that's what these little stick baits emulate. So we wanted to create a, a bait with global appeal, not just a, a walleye bait. Right. This isn't just a walleye lure. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be a, a bait that catches bass, uh, walleyes, trout, um, and then other fish species ac- across the globe. Um, So the cool thing is you kind of get that that body form or body shape that fits that mold or that niche. And then you kind of go from there with the actions and all that. But then from the size perspective, and, you know, you asked why so many sizes, uh, you know, you got to think about the trout market, you know, so you got the little 3.5 and the five, but Mm -hmm. then you got the panfish market. Those two sizes are going to be excellent for crappies. But yet then again, we all know from fishing sometimes when, when, you know, seasonal things change. Temperatures, cold fronts, environmental factors. That sometimes species like bass will really tune into small baits. I've caught so many bass growing up on little tiny crankbaits in ponds. Yep. Um, so it made it made a lot of sense to make the small bait. Um, and then walleyes, trolling walleyes. How many times do you hear somebody's out and they're they're catching fish on a very small bait? Switching um, the sizes,
1: so, speed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep.
2: And then you get changes throughout the, you know, the season. So, you know, spring, um, this spring, I really liked fishing the number, uh, 13 size, you know, and I like a big profile for big, big fish, uh, to get big walleyes. And then in the fall, you know, I like a number, uh, nine, 11 or 13. It just depends. But the big one, the 15, that was kind of like a fun thing. Uh, Gary Parsons was down that week and we were just finishing dialing in a bunch of these baits and, just doing the fine tuning on them and who we were like talking about Lake Erie, and he's like, I want to make a big bait. I want to make a big profile bait. So we did. And, uh, you know, after <laughs> we didn't get it dialed in, uh, unfortunately before he left and, and that one was really hard to get right, because it's hard to get balsa action, especially that type of high energy, high action in a big giant bait, big baits are generally lethargic. Um, so to get a energetic big bait, like our 15, you know, that's why I think it's been so productive fishing a big bait in the summer right now. Norm- normally you're not fishing a big bait like that in small inland lakes, like I'm fishing right now, but some of my coworker friends and I, and, and my brother-in-law, we've been, we've all been going out fishing and gosh, we've been kept using them as jerk bait, like bass are not normally used to seeing a giant 15 centimeter type jerk bait throwing at them in the middle of the summer and, it, and it's been working really good. And you know, the pike and the walleye they've been biting these things and um, you know, it's just been very productive, very good numbers, catch rates, considering it's such a big bait.
1: Yeah. So, I, was just about, the, I was just about to say that, I mean the pike, even in the springtime and things like that in the shallows and you know, bigger baits like that when they're putting on their feed bags you know, <clears throat> the other thing I was going to mention too, which is good that you guys have a lot of different sizes, is because, like if you, like you said, we're getting to the the ecosystem and the different size of fish depending on what lake you're in. Um, you know, even the size of the fish kind of sometimes go with the size of the bait they're eating. So minnows might be bigger in some bodies of water than they are in other bodies of water, but you kind of still want that same, you know, look and appeal that, you know, whatever those fish are feeding on, they might not be as big of walleye or bass. You know, they got a slower growing, um, pattern. Um, you know, they can't put the weight on like they, like they can in like a Lake Erie or something like that. Um. But those, yep. I, those inland clear lakes that where there's not a lot of bait and there's, you know, it, there's, I, I can think of many lakes up north in Northern Michigan like that, where you catch a walleye. And if you get a 16, 17 inch walleye, you know, that thing might be, you know, four or five years old to get to that size. So it's, uh, it, yeah. it's very interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. And, and yeah, again, it's just to cover the spectrum so that anybody can go out to their specific fishery and have a bait that works for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I, there was one thing I, I just want you for the listeners and for myself to describe a little bit. You said you guys cracked the the is it the Balsic code? Yeah,
2: I, yeah, it's just what I say. What,
1: what did, <laughs> it was a
2: code for me. You're
1: right. Yeah, exactly. Kind of describe describe what that is. What like what what did you crack? Kind of thing. Like what were you going for?
2: Well, there's there's some. Obviously, there's some trade secret stuff involved sure, with that, so but I can't totally elaborate. But no, I'll give but you a little, yeah, few little tidbits. So, yeah. number number one is uh, like you what know, you were trying energy. to
1: achieve. You know what I mean?
2: Right. You know, a high energy action type bait. Okay. In plastic. That. Um. That's that's one part of it. Um. You know, and another part of it was I mentioned. You know, a really extraordinary side roller flash. You know, okay. uh, things that flash a lot are very attractive. That's one of the key things visually that fish key you know upon when they're tracking down different prey resources like minnows or whatever bait fish they're chasing. So I knew if we had something that had a really big, flashy side roll, high energy, kind of like a scared minnow that's trying to dart away rapidly from from a predator, those are the instinctive things they're they're looking for. So gotcha. I I take a lot of things that I learned when, when I, you know, I got a master's degree in fisheries from South Dakota state. Um, and you know, just things I learned in fisheries and, and applying it in research in scientific journals I've read through the years and, and how that relates to fishing lures. And then we obviously have our state of the art research facility where we can conduct research on many different baits, uh, whether it's uh, balsa bait, um, or plastic baits, many different competitors. I can look at all that stuff. I know exactly what they do. Um, and I know exactly what our prototypes can do. But the good thing about what we do is I can then adjust the prototypes any way I need to, to make them do whatever I want them to do. And, uh, you know, that's what we're looking to do. And, you know, we try to generally create baits that, that have uh, catch rates that, you know, usually exceed our top competitor two or three, four to one, you know, those are our goals. So, you know, I'll just mention this too. When we put the baits in the tank, um, head to head again, against a balsley equivalent, um, it beat, beat them by like 40%, you know, in general average throughout the sizes we tested head to head for largemouth bass. So again, when I say it's, uh, you know, we do a lot of testing, we, we, we subject the baits. We subjected our baits to, actual naive fish. And there's there's a, a racetrack. These fish have been, we, we essentially, they're, they're, they're purchased from a fish hatchery. Um, they have never seen live baits or artificial lures. They've been completely raised or reared on pelleted feeds. And uh, so they've never seen a bait, but instinctively they know how to respond to bait based off their nature as a fish. So we subject these fish and there's there's random treatments. We do it very scientifically. And for example, we'll let five fish go in our little racetrack and we let them tell us what they like. And we record numbers, hits, strikes, all that. And essentially they tell us the story. Do they like the bait? Do they not like the bait? Um, And uh, sometimes we don't win. And if we don't win, we have to go back to the drawing board and and (laughs) figure out how how to make a bait that wins. So in this case we we came up with a bait that won generally speaking by about 40%. So um and then you get that factor um in a bait that casts really good but it has the balsa action so you know to have a am not there's there's nothing against the balsa bait terrific bait you know grew up fishing balsa baits um many of them um but the problem with them is that the casting you know for trolling, sure, they're fine, but when you cast the bait, and a lot of people do cast them, it's just difficult, especially when it's windy, they don't cast as far. So, I really wanted to have a bait that, that caught fish like a balsa bait, but you could cast it really good, gotcha. and you could troll it and do a lot of different things with it. So, And I think we achieved that with the Hit Stick series.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to ask you too. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of get into how are some of the pros that you are some of the, you know, when you guys were testing this thing out, um, trolling versus casting um it looks like it casts extremely far and that was one thing like you said it's been a, a a trouble in the past is you know getting these things out there away from the boat um you know some baits in the past when you do that you can't get it out very far it kind of gets frustrating and the next thing you know you're switching your bait and doing to something else but it seems like for this um a majority of the videos that i've seen and in, in some of the promotional stuff casting has kind of been you know working extremely well
2: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And and the thing with casting, imagine this, I mean, think about it, but if you can only cast bait X, you know, I don't know, 70 feet, but you can cast bait Y an additional 30 feet, that's that extra 30 feet that it's being retrieved through the water and longer cast, you can get closer to fish. I mean, you're not going to spook the fish so you can make longer cast in the water longer. I actually fish these a lot like little, jerk bait. Okay. So the longer to me that the baits in the water, the better. Yep. So, and, and, the further you can get it away from you in the boat, or if you're wader fishing, I do a ton of wader fishing in the spring and fall. Um, I can get a bait out that is this high energy, super catch rate bait, and I can get it out a lot further, you know, good casting distance. I can cast it in the wind. Uh, those are key things for me, uh, that I try to overcome as an angler, when I'm out there. And, uh, you know, I, it checks the boxes for those things.
1: How casting these things out. How quick can you get them down?
2: Um, well, you know, they're, again, they're shallow bait, but, um, you know, they'll, 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 uh, dive generally speaking three to five feet, depending on the size, you know, the little one is only going to get like two feet. Um, then the big one's going to get actually the big one. We've checked that one out. Now, if you, if you fish it like a jerk bait, and cast it out, you get about nine to 10 feet on it, awesome. which is pretty deep for a bait like that. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so good right now. The fish, this time of year, I was like saying how good it was, you know, the fish are out deep. So it gets to these fish and you got this stick bait that's getting down that deep. So, it's, you know, it, it presenting itself in the right places. Um, but um, they get down to the depth pretty quick, but they don't dive that deep. Right. Um, when you troll them, obviously they go deeper. Um, and we do have the precision dive curves included on the package, um, packaging of the product. And also if you, if you have the precision trolling app, you can find all the hit stick and flicker type information, or most of our crankbaits are actually on that app. So I like I like to use that app. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think of a lot of things scientifically and that stuff fits the bill.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who doesn't have that, I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, definitely worth the money to get that. And like you said, especially if you're you know, when you get down to these things, you know, cracking the code or like you're talking about or being more scientific about these baits, the more accurate that you can run your baits and get down to the depths of where you need to be, where you see those fish on the fish finder, it's worth to take the time to look at apps like that to really get down there, you know, what kind of line you're using, how fast you're going, um, the size of the bait, all that kind of stuff. It gets you exactly where you need to be, where you're seeing those fish on your graph. Yep. So, yeah, man, I'm really excited about this thing. I'm excited about this Um, For me personally, this fall, kind of like when that shallow bite gets on again, um, you know, right at dusk for walleye, kind of getting up in the shallows, casting into that, you know, that three to five feet like you were talking about and sometimes even two feet people don't think walleye go that shallow um in the fall but i'm here to say that they do especially on um, you know in inland bodies of water if you can't get out on the big water even the the smaller lakes if you can just kind of right before sunset kind of get up there in the dark almost and, and cast these things out there i'm really excited to see how they work for that
2: yeah yep i mean they're 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 awesome fish catching baits for that those exact situations.
1: Yep. Well, cool, man. Well, Hey, you know what? That's kind of cool to see something of 10 years finally come together for you. Congrats.
2: Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Is that like a weight it's off good. your shoulders? Cause
1: like you said, you're trying to crack that code or to get the lure to be perfect before you put it out there. Um,
2: you know, it felt really good. Um, I think it's really neat to be able to say, you know, part of, part of the research team and, and development team to get that done. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, what excites me most, honestly, I, I wouldn't say it's a huge weight off my shoulders. I I think that I'm always going to have a lot of requests to do things that are going to put that there. But I think with, with this, it's just more rewarding than anything. I see the comments people have about the product there. People are excited. Um, you know, uh, we were trying to figure out what do we do with this bait? You know, is it a flicker bait because it's Gary Parsons, Keith Cavias, you
1: know, mm-hmm. is
2: it, is it? Flicker, because everything we've done to this point with them is Flickr, but um we all we all decided this was something different. you know this needed to stand on its own, and so we came up with the hit stick uh I actually came up with the name um mainly because i I knew that you know it's a stick bait and it's gonna be a hit um so that's why I thought hit hit stick made a lot of sense for it, and luckily for me they they let me name one for
1: once that's awesome. my names are always good <laughs> I like so. it, man. I like it a lot.
2: uh, Yeah. Thanks. Um, So so yeah. So
1: so the other thing that I noticed that you guys released this year was um, the new HD crank colors.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Do you mind talking about that a little bit?
2: You bet. Yeah. So those things were a lot of fun to develop. Um, So the, we did them in the the dredger line of baits, which are deep diving bass crank baits. We designed with David Fritz, the crankbait king. Um, you know, and I think we got, uh, five or six good colors in there. Um, a lot of them are based on, you know, stuff down South, but there's some good ones like yellow perch for our Northern fisheries. And there's a white bass color, yep, Uh shad color, um, and a bluegill. So, you know, the, those really are, are great looking, uh, colors for our, our area of the market, um, or the, or the fishery. Uh, so I like those a lot. Um, and then we did them also in, in our flicker family of baits. So we did them in, a, in everything flicker. So the flicker minnow, flicker shad, shallow flicker shad, jointed flicker shad all have the HD colors. And uh, we did a few different colors in the minnow that were different than in the shad, but there's a lot of overlap. Uh, but the cool thing is I got to, you know, some of these were taken like the yellow perch. That was a, a, a trophy perch I caught out of uh, Dry Lake, South Dakota, So I got to use that photo. So I always thought it'd be kind of neat to have, uh, you know, some, something to do with that perch somewhere. I I don't really mount fish. I take pictures, but that, that fish is literally on a bait now. So that's kind of cool to think about, you know, um, so did that, um, I went and collected fish. I, you know, again, I was a fisheries guy, worked for the Iowa DNR for a number of years. So and, uh, again, did research at SDSU. So I, and I used to collect minnows a lot when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I'd be out in the streams with, with net seining for minnows. So I really thought about the minnow species and what I used to use, um, for bait. And I went out and collected some species and went out and collected fathead minnows, uh, Western black nosed which is one of my favorite species growing up as a kid. I used to look at, um, you know, ID books for minnows really got into that and the taxonomy of different species, like, you know, the side or the minnow family. So this little Western black nosed base, it just looks almost like a, a trout, you know, it's Brown. It's got a big red stripe on it. The male has a, these vibrant colors and they are just fish candy. Like if you ever fish one, they just crush these things. So I had to get that, that bait fish color in the lineup. Um, <clears throat> it's a nice natural color. I went out and I, I tried to go to some of these streams. I used to collect fishing when I was just having fun as a kid and I, I caught this, this fish and it, it took, it took a while. And actually when I first put my waders on, I fell backwards in the creek trying to get my stuff ready. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of fun, you know, collecting these fish and, you know, then that happened and it's just funny to kind of laugh about it, but, uh, you know, and the bluegill color, you know, took a caught that off my dock at the cabin here in East Lake and so just neat little things like that so I could I could take the pictures of fish from nature ones that I took myself and, and apply it to the bait.
1: Yeah, and you know it's great to see especially in the flicker shan- uh family to have, you know, like the emerald shiners in there, the smelt, the yellow yep. perch all in HD. I mean you know folks anybody who's fishing the great lakes area or any kind of lakes in the midwest all that those kind of baits are obviously hot for any of us out there fishing so it's great that you know see the hd line come out and 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 to get on some of those bait fish that you know we always hear so much about when we're fishing um especially here in michigan and the great lakes absolutely um so the, the kind of like you know, the, the inspiration for this is just, you know, taking the flicker mental kind of to the next level. Right. So we've got, you know, the action down. I mean, they, they're they tried and true and went, you know, tournament winners. So many people can throw a flicker mental out or a flicker shad on and troll and, and have such great success on. Um, but you know, kind of like the HD is kind of taking that flicker mental to the next level. I kind of see and you know, getting that more natural look and, um, You know, maybe that finicky bite when they weren't biting some other colors, you can throw on this more natural look and, uh, you know, get them to react maybe on on something more natural than something that more like hot or, you know, purple or hot green or whatever the other ones. And there's a lot of, you know, custom painting nowadays, depending on what body of water you live near, too. That's that's the other cool thing is everyone grabs a flicker minnow and, you know, kind of sometimes puts their own twist on it with you know, the purples and the greens or the, um, you know, wonder breads, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yep, that's everybody's every, everywhere you go, there's always some people that they match the hatch right. and I will say, and I will, I will mention this real quick, but if, if you like these kind of things, then you're going to be really excited to see what comes next, but I can't say any more than that.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Well, <laughs> hopefully next year, huh? Employee, yeah, uh, well, in person, maybe, at the ICAST 2021 or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I think it would be, yeah. You know, it might actually be a little bit earlier than that, but uh, I, I think these the next thing coming is going to blow people's minds, really. I do. I, I, I was looking at the samples today, and I just uh, – you can ask – <laughs> Lori, who works with me, she, she, she just, uh, she was just teasing me because I was just like a bait nerd the whole time. Just (laughs) looking at these and gushing over these, these things that, that are, that are coming, but I can't say anything else about them.
1: All right. Well, we won't press you too hard on it. Uh, Yeah. um, So the other thing that we wanted to talk about, and this is actually your recommendation was uh, you wanted me to, uh, let's talk about spy baits for walleyes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We got to talk about that. So, um, everybody knows about spy baits for bass. Uh, they There's some times where you know I've talked to the pros like Justin Lucas, Josh Bertrand, We actually developed this bait with Josh Bertrand. Um he came to the facility and and we really we we spent the time dialing it in just kind of like what we did with these hit sticks and getting the right action code down and and getting it right. But uh, there are times where these guys they talk about the bass fishing world, especially smallmouth where they won't hit anything else but these spy baits in certain conditions where the bite is tough. Maybe it's a flat, calm uh, day, bluebird skies, and, and it's tough, even drop shot stuff. But yet they'll bite these baits. Um, you know, they just have a very super subtle action, very super subtle uh, rolling action of the bait, and then they got these little props, and they don't do much else than that, a slight tail, tail wiggle. Um, but while we were developing this bait the whole time, we were talking about bass in my mind, I was thinking this is going to be a killer walleye bait because it, it, it just, it emulates a minnow so perfectly. Um, so we have the, we have the Berkeley spy, right? It, it comes in two different weighting options. It's the spy 70 and then there's a fast sink option and a slow sink. And the one that I'm going to talk about specifically that I've caught all my walleyes on this spring and had a phenomenal, phenomenal outing, multiple outings, is the 70 fast sink. The reason I like this is it's got two lead weights in it. And not only does it cast a mile in the wind, so it's going to be excellent for you waiter fishermen guy, guys and girls, but it, it, it'll cast a mile from the boat, but it just, it, it gets out quick and it's a, it's a, it's a sinking bait. It flutters on the fall, but when you retrieve it, I re I retrieve it just like I would a soft bait. In fact, you can't even feel the action. It feels like you just, I tell everybody it's like fishing a plastic, like a three inch grub. You can't feel it, but just know that the bait's down there doing its thing. The bait rides at kind of an upward angle, at kind of a 45-degree angle, where the nose is, is pointing upward in the water column. And then it has a cut-out belly, kind of a concave belly. And that's functioning a lot like a diving bill. It's catching the water and making the bait roll side to side. And it's got a lot of side flash. So that's what's triggering fish to bite these well. Um, everybody knows how much I love the Berkeley shallow cutter 90. I've caught so many trophy walleyes on that in the last four years, developing that bait and testing it. And then now that it's out, um, but this year, you know, I had some tough bites and they weren't biting that bait as well. I decided I'm going to throw this bait on. It was flat, calm. It's cold. I, I told my brother-in-law who always fishes with me. I said, I'm going to try this five bait. I'm going to catch one. So I went up to the vehicle, tied one on. It was actually the, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the color name now. I think it was it's purple bullet, so it's a purple chrome bait, and we you know walleyes love purple and chrome. Oh yeah. So I I threw that out the very first cast. We I caught a 23 and a half inch walleye, uh, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm this, flat this calm water.
1: Big,
2: it was flat calm wader fishing, and in we're in five to seven foot of water. Originally, we developed the bait, you know, the slow sink one to fit that that type of water depth, but I'm telling you for that depth and wader fishing, this, this fast sink is fine. The key is keeping your rod tip at that one o'clock position and just retrieving it at a slow, steady rate, let the bait do the work for you. And occasionally when the walleyes get more aggressive, what I like to do is sweep my rod tip up and then let the bait fall. And as it falls, it flutters down. So it's always moving. It's always doing something in the water. I just think it looks like a minnow to a tee and the walleyes love it. So after that cast, I cast back out. I got an 18 and a half. So I, I spent probably two and a half hours of the night fishing the cutter, which is a great bait. And I didn't, I think I caught two fish on it. My brother in law caught three. And then all of a sudden, I, I had my limit of walleyes, no joke, in 20 minutes on this bait. And they were all between that 18 and 23 and a half inches. So it really opened my eyes to these spy baits. I'm like, okay, these things work. Um, is this a fluke? So the, the next thing you need to know about bass is obviously, can you repeat it, right? Is this repeatable? And I went out on several different occasions, different weekends, different conditions, whether it's windy or calm, and I was able to repeat it every time and catch limits of fish. And I mixed in the hit stick. The hit stick obviously got, you know, really good uh, limits of fish too, but I, I could always get great numbers of fish beyond, you know, you know, catch like 15 or 20 nice fish every night, um, every couple hours fishing this spy bait. And, uh, you know, we, we, we ended up breaking, uh, breaking it out into some other colors. But for me, that purple bullet was, was great. There's a chartreuse back color called lime ice, which was also really productive. Um, But it was phenomenal. And my last, my last outing with it, I caught a 28 incher on it. And so Jesus. that was my highlight fish of the spring so far, you know, you know, this year it was a 28 inch walleye. So I got my best fish this year doing that. Um, you know, it was a tough year for big fish for me. I didn't get a lot of the 28 and up to 29s like normal. Uh, but I'll just say that was probably more environmental conditions, but I'm telling you this spy bait thing is, is legit. And spy baits are are going to be, you know, they're, they're walleye catching machines so if you haven't got a chance to try them uh please please try them they're they're amazing and they're so fun to fish
1: first off they tw- just tw- crush it 28 29 inches dan you're doing great don't worry about uh <laughs> not catching the big fish that's pretty damn good um but so you said when you do cast them out you know just like in the past you do let them kind of like sink right you let them let, let them let well, them
2: because go- these sinks, they, they sink fast. They're a fast-thinking bait, Right, the the fast-think model. What I like to do is I'll cast out, and as soon as it hits the water, I'll start reeling it in because I know okay. it's already descending in the water column, Okay, and I like that bait. Right when it hits the water, it's starting to just basically engage that swim action that is productive. Um, and I just keep, again, I keep my rod tip up high at like the 1 o'clock position. That's key because you want to keep that bait above the fish in the water column especially when you're right. fishing five distance foot of water it runs true the same theory works for the the cutters the hit sticks and these spy baits when those fish are active in the spring and they're cruising there they're not just hugging the bottom they're up off the bottom a foot or two mm-hmm. and they're looking up so you don't want to be under the fish or you're not going to catch the fish and that's why i see a lot of people struggle with their jig fishing in the spring if they're not uh if they're not above the fish they're not going to get the bite. So that's the key with this bait. Keep it up, um, in the water column. And even if you're twitching it and let it fall, you know, I like to just just kind of uh, do that at a fairly rapid pace, but, um, when you're just reeling these things in, you're just kind of crawling it. It's not a fast retrieve. No. Um, so yeah.
1: And anybody, I encourage you to look at videos on YouTube of how they retrieve it. You're right. It's at like, at like that forty degree angle or whatever, and it's just got that side tilt back and forth, back and forth, and it's got um, yep. like those propellers, like you said, in the front, kind of keeping it steady in line with where you're reeling back to, and just got that subtle that subtle tilt, you know, back and forth, and um, you know, especially on you know, they say walleyes don't bite as well when it's flat calm out there. Um, something like this is, you know, definitely going to catch their attention to get them to react to it too.
2: Yeah. It, you're, you're, you're basically offering them something they haven't seen before. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many walleye guys are throwing spy baits right now? Not any that I really know. Never, I mean, heard it. A, never heard of
1: Never heard of it for walleye.
2: But my goal is to take, and I, I told everybody, I said, my goal is to make a spy bait also known in the walleye world or, that part of the industry so that's my goal i want to make sure that people know how great of a bait these spy baits are and and they they're just they just absolutely catch them and uh i've just to me it's going to be a mainstay in, mainstay in my box from this point forward it's always going to be probably one of the top three lures i pick when i when i start fishing in the spring it's always going to be the the shallow cutter 90 the hit stick and the spy bait mm-hmm. 70 it's in no particular order. I'm just going to fish what works and Um, But it's great to have that extra little tool in the arsenal.
1: I I mean, I talk about this all the time about people. I mean, it's fishing is always a preference. Do what you want, but it's always great to push yourself to try something new. You know, if you're if you only troll in the past and you you don't cast much for walleye, I can tell you casting for walleye with a with a jig and a minnow, live bait, you know, artificial, whatever it is, it is a blast to do that on with a rod and reel in your hand. um, You know, rather than just You know, pick it up off of a trolling planer board or something like that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I always talk about it on this podcast to push yourself to try something new. And especially, you know, on a day when, let's say, the big water is rough and you can't get out you said this is great for wader fishing. So go stand in a body of water and cast in the shallows. You don't have to load the boat up. This is something you can keep in your truck or your car. If you got time on the way home from work and you go by your local body of water, you know, they have walleye in it. Here's another great thing that you can always have tied on, ready to go and, and give it a shot.
2: Absolutely. You That's you couldn't know, have said it better,
1: you know, things like that. It's just, it, it's great. And um, thanks for sharing, you know, the information as well, because, that's the kind of thing that I love hearing about is, you know, new and inventive ways to catch whatever species of fish that you'd like to go after. And, um, you know, that's exactly what this platform is for it is. So, uh, thanks for sharing that. I'm definitely going to give it a shot too. It's something that, uh, you know, next time I'm at the store, I'm going to have to pick a few up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably end up sending you some, actually those in some, uh, hit they there. Some of these things are getting kind of tough to to pick up right now. I know, so I'll I see.
1: Definitely... I seen that I got online and it's like release date August 22nd, September 6th, September 14th. I'm like, "Oh, <clears throat> that's getting kind of out there."
2: Yeah, yeah, they're tough to find right now and uh, you know, it's uh one thing is that the 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 demand form is high, but uh, you know, the other thing is there's we you know obviously had some setbacks with the the coronavirus stuff, but yeah. um baits are getting out there now. And for people wondering when they're going to be out there, they're coming. Um, I know there's some people wondering about the, the 13 and 15 and the little baby 3.5 hit sticks. Those are coming real soon. Um, they're, they're being made right now at a very fast pace. So, um, those things are coming. Um, but, uh, you know, we just had to make sure that everything was perfect before we let it out the door.
1: So Dan, let me ask you this on those 15s hit sticks. Um, is it crazy to think that Muskie would go after them in the shallows?
2: No, no. Actually, they're perfect. They're on the smaller end of the musky spectrum, but they're a perfect bait for musky.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they're pretty big when you see them in person. They're definitely more bulky, um, but I would not overlook at them for musky. In fact, we had uh, one of Gary Parsons' friends, Brian Dawn, he he was fishing them uh, in the Great Lakes and he, he was head-to-head fishing them against... Uh, a bait where he had really good luck and he actually was catching a lot more fish on the hip stick. So very good sign in a very short number of time field test, uh, outings. But, um, so, uh, pretty good results that I've seen so far on the 15 for such a big bait. It's you, generally speaking, big baits are not very productive. They don't catch a lot of numbers of fish, but they catch big fish. This right. bait seems different, you know, and again, I think I, we owe that, to doing the research on the actions that fish prefer and dialing in actions that are productive, based on catch rate, uh, a catch rate system. So, um, you know this bait is a uh, is a is a fairly prolific bait. It catches a lot of numbers. I just I just was trolling it with my brother in law and we caught 17 pike, a five pound smallmouth, and some walleyes in just over an hour fishing it. And it was like every time we dropped it back, it was like if we didn't have a hit within 20 seconds you know, we weren't doing something right. It was just insane. Um, the cool thing about that bite is right now, pike actually kind of get harder to catch. You got to, you know, with the warm temperatures, right. you have to be in the water depth. Um, we were out a little bit deeper, but we found some suspended pike off some offshore gravel in between that and the weed edge, and, and it was just lights out. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to this place because I'm pretty sure there's some 40-plus-inch fish there if I put my time in, so
1: that's awesome well great man great work uh you know thanks for uh you know sharing so much of your knowledge with us today and your time and you know really breaking it down for us um you know when i get like i said when i seen the videos of it and all the social media hype around uh icast uh i just knew i had to get you back on the podcast to talk about it
2: well thanks for having me it's always really uh really good to be here and talking with you
1: all right buddy well uh uh, stay safe, and, um, you know, can't wait to get you on again in the future and to see what you guys come up with next at Berkeley. All right. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Hit sticks. If you don't got them, you better go get one. Actually, more than one. You need to buy a whole bunch of them because I think this bait is going to be significant as we look towards fall, um, especially as we start to uh, kind of see the uh the cooler weather creep in and the fish start to hang out more shallow again. Uh, I want to thank Dan for coming on the podcast and uh sharing such in-depth knowledge of the you know the design behind the bait and uh you know also getting into spy baits. I think that's something that uh is really cool of Dan to share. And this is what's so great about having guests on like Dan. It's like Dan is so willing to come on here and share, you know, a, a great tip or uh, you know a hot bait that works for him for walleye of you know, something that might not be mainstream and a lot of folks might not know about like the spy, the spy bait. So, you know, I hope you guys got something out of that episode. Again, I want to thank Dan for coming on make sure you go check out Berkeley baits and more from Dan Spangler, um, over on social media dan's instagram handle is just dan spangler 84 so that's d-a-n-s-p-e-n-g-l-e-r 84 and uh he's always posting some phenomenal photos and the baits that he used uh to catch those fish uh, of all types smallmouth pike uh, walleye bass everything so anyways we're gonna have some great new episodes coming up here in the next few weeks so make sure you come back here to the podcast and as always thank you for listening